Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. missing out on stuff but I know it sounds a bit kind of cheesy and wanky but I do like missed opportunities does really scare me I'd much rather regret doing something that I hate that feeling of oh why didn't I do that that really that bugs me the thought of getting to like the end of your life and looking back and thinking I didn't do that the thought of missing out on things is especially pertinent when you have your own children so to make sure Anna Hardy didn't miss out on seeing her son grow up she photographed him every day for a year and it kick-started her photography career. I'm Matt Bowen, this is Phototype. Anna Hardy gets excited by people, mischief and love. All things which you can see reflected in her photography. In today's episode of Phototype, she reveals what drives her to create beautiful images of not only her children, but others too. So here she is then. Let's say hello to Anna Hardy. Hello. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us. Um, First question, first of all, which we ask everybody, is to look around you. Tell us what you can see in your uh, immediate vicinity. Okay, well, I'm actually in my brand new office um, in the attic of our house. Very proud of it. Exciting, <laughs> um, you've not been banished there. For... <laughs> no, no, I just lured it up. <laughs> it's, um, it's actually, we've just had our loft converted. Um, so this is a really new room. And it's the first time I've actually had an office in the house. I've been working out of the corner of our dining room downstairs, kind of squashed into an alcove for years. So, uh yeah, this is, I'm quite proud to say, <laughs> in the study. From what I can see at the moment, it's very tidy. Are you a very tidy person, generally? <laughs> um, no. I'm, well, I'm kind of a, a tidy person in an untidy person's body. <laughs> I like it when it's tidy. I feel calm and capable when it's tidy. Um, but I'm not naturally hugely tidy. I tell you, yeah, but it's... Um, no, it is relatively tidy, although you can't see the floor. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the camera was pointing slightly up. <laughs> yeah, the ceiling. Yeah, it's really tidy up. <laughs> but if you saw my desk, it's just like a mass of papers. And somewhere amongst it, there's a microphone picking up uh, what I'm saying to you and uh, a sheet of questions to ask you. Yeah, it's just nice to have a desk because when I had the seven um, working like an alcove in the dining room, which literally just fitted the computer on, so I haven't even had a desk, um, but we just we had to get it done because I had a baby eight months ago and he had no bedroom, so we had to convert the loft. So it's got a new bedroom for my oldest son Joe and um, an office space for me or the study, as I like to call oh, it. Oh, very nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where I am, and I'm looking out over uh, a graveyard, which is my view. Excellent, and yeah. you're in uh, Manchester, yeah. In Manchester, yeah, yeah. 
Actually, we did right through this window about an hour before I spoke to you. There's some foxes running around, so I had quite a nice start to the morning. Sounds almost picture perfect. Foxes running through a graveyard. If only there was some (laughs) snow there as well, that would make it even better. Now, I know you as a wedding photographer, but we were chatting beforehand and you've sort of expanded now and you uh, you really, really enjoy your portraiture and uh, particularly children now. How would you describe yourself now as a photographer? Well, probably the same as I've always been, but definitely, I think for quite a few years, my focus was just weddings. Um, whereas now, I would say, you know, my focus is equally, if not more, portraiture I just I love photographing kids well I love kids full stop um, and photographing them is the most fun to me and that's just kind of what I've tried well, I, over the years I noticed like at weddings I have to force myself to like step away from the children you know because they're they're to me they're where all, most of the fun is you know and so that's kind of an arm of the business that I've been really trying to grow um over the last probably the last couple of years um so yeah now I would describe myself as a a portrait and wedding photographer really um and I'm hoping I don't want to stop doing weddings I love photographing weddings but um yeah kind of rolling rounds on the floor with babies and trampling through the woods with kids is to me that's what I would love to be doing more of that's what I really love to do um yeah that's probably how I would describe myself now portrait and wedding photographer yeah is that focus on children more since you've had your own children or have you always had that yeah definitely I mean I think kids are definitely more interesting to anyone once you have your own (laughs) (laughs) Um, they're probably just a bit annoying (laughs) no I've always loved kids I've always loved kids but yeah when and having my son was probably what really got me into photography as well um, taking pictures of him and a couple of years back I did a 365 project which was supposed to just be kind of a picture of anything you know every day just a picture of something but as all mums do you just kind of get drawn to your kids well or repelled by your kids on the <laughs> but on the days that he wasn't doing my edit yeah no um I just love yeah I love being around him and photographing him so it kind of made me realize how much I really love that but I do with other people's kids as well I just I just find them really fascinating to photograph and really fun to be around do they yeah. um do they tend to migrate to you at weddings? They do to me. I don't know whether it's because um I'm like six foot four and a giant and <laughs> like weird to them. Or um, or I've got a camera. Is is that something you find that they gravitate um, towards you? Yeah, sometimes. I mean you always get kind of one or two that are just pretty terrified <laughs> and probably run away. No, they do. Um I mean I always let kids like touch the camera as well like I, I always think it's kind of important that they it must be weird having like a strange woman with a big you know black machine following them <laughs> around so it's kind of I always let like or crouch down and let them and if and sometimes if they don't say it's like a group photo and the kid it isn't playing ball like one of the flower girls or whatever if you let them say, or you take the photo and get them to come over and press the button, I mean, there's a limit to how much damage they can do if you're careful. <laughs> you know, it's not um, got lens hoods on to protect the lens, and you know, it's and usually once they've taken the photo and they can see it on the back of the camera, then you've got them on board and they'll they'll pose for the picture. So, uh, but often, yeah, if you've ever let them anywhere near your camera, then you can't get rid of them. <laughs> the thing is that most kids are highly proficient in technology these days, and. Uh, 
I've shown, I've shown lots of kids the back of the camera and they've tried to swipe the screen oh, really? like an iPad. <laughs> kids are learning how to use computers and, yeah. and phones and that before they can write. <laughs> I know, it's terrifying, isn't it? But they, I think it's as well now, the technology is so intuitive, things like iPads and stuff. It, it's, yeah, they do, it's, it's weird how quickly they do pick it up. Mm. But, um, but yeah, no, I do, I, I'm quite happy for the kids to follow me around really. The parents probably are as well. Quiet drink at the bar. Yeah, like a slightly <laughs> kinder Pied Piper. You know? yeah. <laughs> You're not going to lead them into any caves. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, so you mentioned um, earlier that uh, having your son, it's Joe, isn't it, your son? Yeah, my older son's yeah. called Joe. He's um, ten, and you, I've got... Sorry. No, no, you've got Joe. Huey, who's the, the eight-month-old. Yeah, I've got an eight-month-old boy called Huey. And you mentioned um, that that was one of the reasons why you got into photography. Tell us your story then as to how you got to the moment that you're in now with your photography and sitting in your brand new study. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep mentioning the study. Okay. <laughs> Might take a screenshot <laughs> and show everyone this, this study. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, years of fannying around, really. Um, a very indirect route. I I studied English literature. Um, and then became a secondary school teacher. I was an English teacher, which I really, really loved. Um, and yeah, because I, well, yeah, love working with kids, really. It kind of comes back to the same thing. Um, but then I left teaching to travel and bought, got a tax rebate when I was in Nepal. And my camera, which I brought with me, which was just a really shitty little point and shoot thing, um, had broken when I was in India, of all places. <laughs> um, so I bought this um, film SLR while I was in Nepal. And that that's really where it, the, kind of the bug started, if you like, was travelling. Um, <clears throat> but then, I guess, but never for one second thinking of it as any kind of something that I would do beyond a hobby. Um, but then when I came back, I had Joe. And then, like we were saying earlier, as a mum, you just can't take enough pictures of your kids, you know. So I started taking photos of Joe all the time. Um, and that's when people started to say, oh, you should do something with that. And so I thought, okay. <laughs> and uh, I got, I mean, go to go back to teaching, I w there's just no way teaching such a kind of all-consuming profession. There's just no way I'd have been able to set up a photography business whilst being a secondary school teacher. It just, you know, it takes so much of your time and energy and headspace. Um, so I kind of got like a pretty much like an admin-based job with the NHS and did that as a day job whilst starting to do photography jobs freelance. Um, this was when Joe was, well, like a baby, a toddler, um, and then, yeah, set up the business when he was kind of about two or three. Um, and then a year later, switched to doing it full time. I started having to turn down photography jobs because I didn't have the time to do it. So I kind of followed the leap and the net will appear philosophy, which is pretty much, well, I just really believe in that. And yeah, decided to do it and been a photographer ever since. So what sort of photography were you shooting, first of all? What were, the, what were those jobs that you were doing and having um, to turn down what were they? well I did three weddings for free I kind of I, I never I never second shot which actually uh, looking back I think god because it's 
you know, really second shooting and assisting people such a good way. And, you know, I, I would never really advise people not to do that. But I didn't really, as I, I just kind of muddled my way into it. But because I didn't feel like I could charge, I just was really up front and just said, look, I'm, you know, no idea what I'm doing. I'm getting into this. If you're happy to take a chance on me, I'll do it for free. And did that for three weddings. And that, yeah, and they turned out well. And then... And, I, yeah, just doing little portrait shoots, really, and just photographing it. But you, when you start, you just photograph kind of anything and everything. Photographed a lot of, like, rusty gates. <laughs> <laughs> Love rust. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know, just anything, really, but... Um, but it's funny, the things that I used to photograph then, I used to, I love like patterns, say all, you know, rust and pebbles and stuff that everyone photographs. Like, um, but I always really liked kind of bold patterns and colours. And years later then, when I started to find my own photography style, you, you notice those things that you were initially drawn to starting to appear in your work. Like I think I, I like very bold compositions and pattern and, yeah, so I think it's... But, yeah, at the beginning, you just photograph. Absolutely, yeah. And, and half the time, you photograph what you think you should be photographing. You don't really know. You know, you look at what what are other people photographing. Okay, I'll go and photograph that. And that's what you do. I think, hopefully... Well, I think that's what everyone does. <laughs> Not just me. <laughs> yeah. So how long was it before you then felt confident to actually... Okay, I'm not going to photograph what everyone else does, and I'm going to impose my own style on this this is how I want to photograph and this is me um ages actually like I remember being really really um if you any interview you read with any or like photographer you know established photographer or any bit of advice they always go oh find your own style fine and I just used it used to really like really frustrate me I'd be like well where where how do you find your own style it, it just I felt really frustrated with it and didn't really understand how I could develop it or what it was. But for me, the real tipping point was doing a 365 project, um, which I did in 2011. Um, And really just to get me out of a rut, I felt in a rut. I didn't do it thinking this is how I'm going to find my style. Like I just, you know, I just felt in a rut and and wanted to just do something for fun because it had been years since I'd just photographed for fun. Um, But when you're just photographing things that you start, I started to notice patterns. Like like I said before with, with Joe and, you know, he was what I wanted to follow around every day. And the pictures of him and, and other children and other people were the ones that really kind of, when I took it and looked at it and went, oh, I love that one. It was always the people. Um, and, yeah, and you start to notice similarities between your photos. I think when you're shooting like a wedding, there's always going to be such variety in the photos because they're all part, and, and they're all part of a set. They kind of all work together. Whereas when you're taking individual photos and it's just one, you, you start to notice similarities between what you tend to be drawn to each day. And that's when I started to notice like certain compositions and certain patterns and that I really like colour and that they were quite light-hearted I guess you know I was looking at a lot of <clears throat> other photographers work and be more serious whereas I thought there's a lot of dicking around in my <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's what I like you know so it's kind of a, I think that's the thing more per, when, when I started doing more personal work that's when I started to think okay I get what I like and what my photos are about and that's when I started to feel like no actually I like 
character and a bit of humour and a bit of life and energy and colour and bold patterns and things like that. And yeah, so I think that was probably when I started to feel more comfortable with what I do so, to know what I do. So that's the answer then. When now we've got this interview of how you find your own style, <laughs> now you have the answer is to go out and, and take photos of stuff that you like and rusty gates. And yeah. <laughs> dicking around in rusty gates, yeah. that's, that's me. Just go and dick around and find out what happens, see what happens at the end of it. That seems like a good plan for life, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? Good mantra. Um, you've got a very distinctive editing style. When did that develop? Well, processing style rather than editing. Yeah, oh, God, well, I think... I think most photographers have done the same. Like, just spent hours and hours just, oh, God, <laughs> like, yeah, like, try oh, loads of different, you know, bought loads of different action sets and loads of, like, VSCO stuff and alien skin and blah, blah, and trying this preset and that preset and this bit and, and then finding one that you love and going, that's brilliant, but then applying it to a different photo and it looks shit, you know, and then it's kind of oh well this one worked with that kind of photo but not that and just years of like experimenting and not and just but then just tweaking I think you just keep tweaking you see something that you don't like and um and then just tweak it but yeah I mean again to towards the beginning it was a case that I used to like look at other people's ones and try and work out how they did that so it was a case really trying to kind of copy like editing styles I think I love the look of that how can I make my pictures look like that um but then you just end up running around in circles if you do that you know and it's just I think in the end you just I don't know it was just a kind of gradual process of tweaking and then thinking yeah I'm happy I'm happy with that and then just sticking with it but I've definitely tried to I think most photographers are the same over the years get like a lighter touch with the editing I look back at pictures from a few years ago and they're like really heavily you know when there's the whole like vintage you know yeah. you know your pictures are like yellow and, <laughs> yeah and just uh but I don't know I quite like I like I don't I've tried to make it a bit cleaner so I think more so they're a bit more timeless so you know people won't look back in however many years and go oh my god you know but then at the same time I think all photos date no matter what your processing's like it'll date in some way and I do just yeah no I'm happy with it now but yeah just lots of faffing but I use um I love alien skin um I have a really really long convoluted processing workflow that I know is not uh what's the word like um I won't say time effective, but that's not a phrase. What, what am I looking for? <laughs> you know, not, uh, not an effective use of my idol. It's not, it's not efficient. It's not an efficient workflow, really. I call in photo mechanic. Um, I then upload to Lightroom. I tend to do a second call in Lightroom because my first call's always way too big. Um, then I do the raw adjustments in Lightroom. That takes me ages. And that's probably like the boring bit, isn't it? That's the that's the really long-winded boring bit. Um, but then I export those. Then I batch run them through Alien Skin. Um, then I open them all individually in Photoshop and work on each one and do kind of cropping and clean up and sharpening and stuff like that. So I know that a lot of people just literally do the Lightroom bit, export, done, 
jobs are good and kind of thing but I've tried so many different ways of doing it and every time I try to cut it down I'm just not happy with it um and I end up going back and re-edit it so I've just kind of made peace now with the fact that it I have a really long convoluted workflow but at least I'm happy with the results but yeah I'm not very I definitely need lessons in efficient editing I hear some photographers go I've just edited a wedding in half a day or a day it's just like yeah they're they're either liars or complete bastards yeah yeah well they're definitely not liars because i know if you can do it but yeah bastards all of them (laughs) (laughs) no i don't i don't know i mean i think i think the key is to be able to find um results that you like if you can do that within lightroom so you can just get it all done there and i know you can do the cropping and the skin and all the rest of it in there I just don't know how to well I know how to crop (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to get the results that I want purely in Lightroom so you you just wait for that elusive oh wait for a lull when I can have a play around the the lull that never comes (laughs) so let's go back a little bit until when you started photography did you ever then study anything photography wise did you get books did you watch YouTube videos or you know, go on um, workshops or anything? I went, I did a, um, oh God, what do you call it? Like a, I can't remember what it's called now. In fact, I've got it behind me somewhere. Um, I went on, I did like a night, a night school uh, thing. It was, uh, I can't even think what the qualification's called, but it's really basic. I mean, it was like how to, you know, what is exposure, what is, you know, just the real kind of basics. And I did, um, yeah, it was just like night evening classes for a few months, I think, um, just to kind of, um, and then some of that was like in the dark room and others were, it was like partly film, partly digital. And yeah, that was good for kind of making sure that I knew the basics, but it was very much a kind of amateur you know, just how to use your camera kind of thing. But I met some really nice people and, yeah, I definitely learned sort of how to use it because when before I'd been using it largely on auto and so it was really just kind of how to use your camera in manual mode. Um, and that's it, really. And then the rest all just been self-taught. Um, yeah, books and um, just, well, just playing around with it, trialing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today error i think that's the best way really so at least, least with photography you, you can't hurt anybody you can't break anything and you can yeah. just like do it and do it again until you yeah, get what yeah. you want. exactly and i think just yeah just practice and 
you can kind of, um, I mean, the technical side, it's helpful to have guidance with that because, um, but because often that can be a bit dry learning that out of a, a book. Um, but again, it's just kind of practice, just practice really, just loads of practice um, and self-taught. I mean, I'm still not. Sometimes I do often feel like a bit of a fraud because I've not trained in it and I've not and and yeah, certain aspects of it. I just think. I don't know, I've always felt like I'm just muddling through with it, but then I know I can get consistent results. I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and the I thing think... is, how many clients have ever asked you um, to see your qualifications? Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, I think that they just need to know that you can consistently produce solid work and that you know what you're doing and that it's, you're not chancing it. Um, and I think that's the thing is, for a long time I felt like I was... I felt like it was all fluky, you know. It was kind of, I'd think, oh well, those pictures turn out okay. And I think, God, I can't believe they turned out okay again. But after a while, you think, well, no, they're turning out okay because because I can do it, <laughs> you know. So I think it's just something when you've taught yourself, the confidence just comes with time. I think, and yeah, and just yeah, just practice, practice and time. And I want to talk about a bit how you see the world because. Um... I've spoken to you about this before. A lot of your photographs are shot in landscape um, orientation rather than portrait yeah, orientation. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was really interesting the way the um, the way that you do that. And so, why is that? It's just laziness. I don't like turning <laughs> my arm around. <laughs> okay, thanks for the answer. Move I on. Get in a comfy position and just roll with it. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, I don't know. I kind of. Um, Again, this was something that I just noticed with the three six. It never really occurred to me before that I, I shoot more in landscape than portrait. But it was when I just noticed that that's how I, how I always. But I, I don't even know why. I just that that's how I like to look at a whole a whole scene. And I don't know. I, I see. I'm saying that, but then I tend to focus in on one thing. I was going to say, oh, I like that. You know, the whole scene is all part of it. But that wouldn't really makes sense because I do then tend to kind of hone in on one thing um, whereas some photographers will very much take in like the whole scene I, I tend to shoot on quite like wide apertures and hone in on particular things but I don't know why it is really it just um whenever I take a picture in portrait it just never really feels I think they look very beautiful and very elegant ones like that and actually I will often I've tra- been trying to use it more with portraits and I think it maybe looks more relaxed wide. I always feel like it looks more formal mm. photos. I don't know why, but it does. And I don't know, I can't really answer that. I don't <laughs> know why I do. Yeah, it just probably is just laziness. <laughs> if I remember back to, because uh, I asked you on your Spring Meet site um, a oh, while ago, oh, gosh, um, right, okay. I must di- I should dig out the answer and uh, put it on our <laughs> Facebook page so that people can see <laughs> see what you said at the time. <laughs> I don't think you said it was laziness, <laughs> but yeah, I think it was more to do with just that was a natural thing to you of how you saw the world, and I, you know, you, most people, well, everyone's eyes see in landscape. Uh, we don't walk around with our head on the side like that. Yeah, that's it's, true. Yeah, no, that is true. Yeah, I, I'm, you see, I'm wiser than I thought. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, making you no, sound good, Anna. <laughs> It's, yeah, when you look at if you, like now, I'm looking round. It, it is your your vision. So I think it's just I I like things 
for for me with photography I don't really want to kind of make things that aren't there you know I like things to just be natural and to photograph how you see things so I guess yeah that's just how I'm seeing something so that's what I want to what I want the camera to show is what I'm seeing through my eyes rather than creating like a kind of beautiful you know framed picture I guess I just it to me it feels more intuitive just to photograph that way because that's how I'm seeing it yeah yeah I agree with myself (laughs) good point Anna well done (laughs) we got there in the end (laughs) sorry it's early it's early um I'm interested in hearing the answer to this so who or what inspires your work um people 100% just people um yeah the personality and individuality and kind of what makes them different to other people or even not necessarily what makes them different but just what makes them them and uh yeah emotion and stories and yeah just people people are really interesting you know I I love people watching and to me that's what like with wedding photography particularly that's what I'm spending most of the day doing is people watching and you know in going over to where the most interesting stories or people that are and what they're and, and trying to get what they're doing but um yeah definitely people and I like um kind of energy and vibrancy as well so I'm always tend to be and I think that's why I tend to gravitate towards kids because they're the most kind of open and uninhibited and fun <laughs> you know and lots of adventure and they just well they don't give a shit, do they? They just, you know, <laughs> just go go ahead doing whatever they want to do at that moment. And yeah, definitely people, people and stories and character and energy. That's what inspires me, and that's what I love to photograph. Cool. So, um, I think this is a slightly different question, and it's who's your biggest influence then? <clears throat> so, rather than. Uh, an inspiration, an influence an on influence. you as a person or your work or whatever it is? Okay. Um, not as a photographer, I'd say. This is really cheesy. <laughs> Same with my mum. <laughs> no, but like as a mother, my mum, definitely. Uh, when I kind of am not sure what to do with the kids, you know, if I ever stood there, I always just think, you know, what would mum do? you know and what would my dad do right so definitely in terms of my kind of general life I'd say my parents are a big influence they're both eggs and um yeah I kind of aspire to be the kind of parent <clears throat> to my kids that they that they were to me but well, still are <laughs> still are <laughs> and um so yeah kind of personally I'd say them with work this is going to sound really arrogant I don't mean it in an arrogant way but I don't really kind of look to other photographers for influence not because I don't think they're worth looking at but because I don't really see how you can like you kind of you shoot how you shoot it's kind of like asking a a painter to paint in a different me you know I I don't know it's hard that you kind of you can only do it's such an instinctive thing that you can only really do it how you how it comes naturally to you to do it so I definitely um, admire other people's work and often look at it and think god I wish I could make pictures like that but I don't necessarily then try and make that happen myself because you well I have done in the past and I just make a big mess up of it because it's not it's not what came naturally it's come from something else but 
there's definitely photographers that I really um, kind of identify with and look to. So for like kids portraiture, um, Sally Mann, um, well, everyone loves Sally, but like her pictures are just unbelievable. So, I mean, for family portraiture, um, they're just, I could just look at them for hours. Um, and then kind of current photographers as well, a similar thing, there's Deb, I'm going to horribly mispronounce her name now, but Deb Schwedel, um, I think, and Elle Hogan. Um, they just have, make such beautiful, soulful, atmospheric portraiture of, of their families and real kind of rich with stories beautiful beautiful pictures and um, probably a bit more serious and sedate than my own well not no not sedate it's not sedate but yeah my photography isn't similar to theirs I wouldn't say but that I but I love their stuff and then also um for I'm again gonna horribly mispronounce his name but Juaristi <laughs> Um, he is a wedding photographer, but he does family portraits as well um, under the name Clicks by Fur. And his stuff's really kind of bold and cheeky, strong composition, loads of personality, loads of vibrancy. Um, really, really like his family stuff. So I guess kind of my what I hope mine is, is like a kind of, you know, take, takes bits from both of those. Okay, what excites you then? What makes you get out of bed in the morning apart from your uh, eight eight-month-old son uh, yeah yeah Huey <laughs> mainly uh food <laughs> food's pretty much the first thing I think of when I wake up spend most of the day thinking about what I'm next gonna eat love good food um adventure travel really love to travel I don't get to do it as much now obviously with with a family but really love travel um conversations like to chat <laughs> a bit too much probably um books Really love books. Bit of mischief. <laughs> love <laughs> the usual. Bit of dicking around. Yeah, dicking around. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Conversely to that, then what scares you? Uh, what just generally in life? Yeah. Or, <laughs> um, oh, same as anyone, I guess. Just you know, anything hurting my family, my kids. Like that's obviously you know anyone's biggest fear. Um, not great with enclosed spaces I can get a bit claustrophobic good job you've this got a nice big study then isn't it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's why I have such a big study <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah just um missing out I hate the thought of like missing out on stuff but I know it sounds a bit kind of cheesy and wanky but I do like missed opportunities does really scare me I'd much rather regret doing something that I hate that feeling of like, oh why didn't I do that that really that bugs me the thought of getting to like the end of your life and looking back and thinking I didn't do that but yeah oh and more recently plane travel <laughs> <laughs> I used to love it I used to, in my early 20s I used to uh, skydive I've done like quite a few of them uh, and now I literally it terrifies me I don't know whether it's getting older or having kids but I'm total funny when I'm getting on a plane now <laughs> I really dread it really really dread it um for kind of weeks beforehand um kind of half love it while I'm on it I, yeah love it and hate it in equal measure yeah I'm I've never been a massive fan of flying I don't I don't mind the sensation of flying it's just mm -hmm. the crashing that that scares yeah. me <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the worry isn't it yeah. but, you know you could walk out the street and uh 
get hit by a bus. So I kind of, I kind of think I wouldn't like it to stop me from going anywhere. So I just need no. to like suck it up and get on the yeah. plane. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's not to the point that I don't do it. I just don't happily do it anymore. Mm. Whereas, yeah, it used to be something that I really, really loved. But yeah, I'm clearly getting getting wimpier as I get older. <laughs> yeah, if I was a, a true destination photographer, uh, my destinations would be Wales, Scotland, <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> yeah. I just don't need my study now. <laughs> well, you don't need to, you know, it's so massive. <laughs> you can do everything in there. Um, you've been quite well behaved so far, but what's your favourite swear word? <laughs> well, that, oh God. I don't know I have a favourite one. I think... Bollocks is a pretty satisfying word to say, isn't it? I guess yeah. so it's really a swear word, but um, got a nice ring to it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's probably probably the most satisfying one to say. But okay. um, I'm going to yeah. go with that. Yeah. <laughs> if you could be anything else for a day, what would you be? I would be Greg and John on MasterChef. <laughs> 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 They've just got the best job ever, haven't they? I mean, you just—it's—it's it's painful to watch. I find just that you can't eat what they're eating <laughs> at that particular moment. But yeah, just generally some kind of food taster. Yeah, are you a good it's, cook? Uh, no, I'm not really. Well, I'm all right, but I'm, I'm I'm not a very imaginative cook, and I don't think I've not really got any flair for it. I, my my talent lies in eating. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's a much better cook than me. He cooks really well, and he it kind of seems to come very naturally to him. And he's quite experimental, and I'm I'm a bit of a kind of slop it on the plate, hearty, you know, family dinner kind of person. Whereas he'll whip up something that looks really great and you know they'll put things together I'd have never dreamt of putting together whereas yeah I'm I'm no but eating I can I'm kind of known amongst family and friends for being a greedy cow (laughs) but I I love to eat I love to eat um cooking's like a means to an end I enjoy it but I'd rather be eating it So when Adam serves you up these fantastic meals that he's made, do you uh, taste it and give him feedback in a New Zealand accent? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, but I think I will from now on. I want to hear that. Yeah, no, it's always good. It's always good. Um, It's, uh, yeah, it's nice to have a plate of food put in front of you and certainly better than what I would have produced. So I don't, I don't, I probably am not in a position to critique it, but um, yeah. No, a day, a, a job tasting food, a food critic, that's just got to be the best job, hasn't it? Who, living or dead, would you love to photograph? Well, it's not really a specific person, but the one thing that I really feel like I've missed out on photographing um, earlier on when I was saying that my camera broke in India and then I didn't buy my SLR till I got to Nepal. So India, of all the places that I've been, has got to be just... I can't believe I didn't have my camera when I was there. Um, I'm desperate to go back anyway because, I mean, I was there for two months, so I saw quite a lot of it. But, there's, I mean, it's such a vast country. There's just so much that I, I didn't see and so much that I would love to photo. And it's just, I mean, it's just full of everything that I love, you know, just character and chaos and vibrancy and colour and stories and 
it's just it's just an amazing place so to go back and photograph you know the people and the kids there would be great like Pushka Camel Fair would have to be pretty amazing to photograph but yeah so I guess it's not a person but I would love to go back and photograph India the people and the place very much so brilliant you'll have to get on a plane then and do it I know (laughs) (laughs) I know that's the problem that's the problem (laughs) but no I will do it I will definitely go back um one day um, it's just, yeah, finding the right time to go, really, with the kids. But All right. And your um, bit of advice to another photographer. I know the, there'll be lots of people listening to this who are uh, admirers of your work and uh, your style of photography. What would your advice no, not be? Not anymore. To... <laughs> <laughs> not have to listen to it. Um, come on, you're being hard on yourself. Okay. <laughs> What would your advice be to anyone who, um, like yourself, has just bought a, a a camera and wants to get into photography on a serious way? Definitely, I know. It, I know it sounds cheesy, but it really is true. Just try. It's so tempting to look at what everyone else is doing, and you, to a certain extent, you do have to do that to get to know the industry that you're planning on building a business within. So look at what other people are doing to kind of survey the terrain, if you like, but not, don't look at them to dictate the way that you're then going to do it. You know, survey the terrain, see what's out there, but just shoot what you love to shoot. You know, what excites you? Do lots and lots of personal work because that's really the way that you find what you love to do. And then when you're doing your logo and your branding and all the rest of it, build that around that. Just be honest, I guess. Just kind of stick with what feels right to you. If something feels a bit weird or awkward, like it doesn't come to you naturally, stop doing it. You know, stick with what you feel comfortable with, what you enjoy. Build your brand around that. And then you will, it'll just come naturally to you then. And also you're being honest with your clients. They know what to expect. If you try to be something else, that's when you trip up and that's when clients get you know failed expectations or you know so I think just yeah just do lots lots and lots of personal work and just keep practicing and keep just focus on what think focus on the times when you feel excited by what you're taking photographs of and notice that and note that and do more of it if that makes sense yeah definitely good advice um and then finally, who else should I be interviewing? Who would you like to hear from in these podcasts? Well, I know I know you've already interviewed him, but I'm really looking forward to hearing Nick Tucker's interview. He um, he's a friend of mine. He's a, a good. He's yeah, he's hilarious, and he's such a great photographer. And he photographed. Uh, we wanted to had him photograph our wedding last year. Um, and he's just completely unique, just both as a person and a photographer. Um, I don't really know anyone else in the industry who kind of is like him in a good way. And he's just yeah, full of humour and life. And But he's just such an interesting person as well. He's got an interesting background, interesting outlook. I really want to say something horrible about him because if he is... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you've just put a lot of pressure on his interview. So, uh... yes. <laughs> no, he's. Um, I, I'm definitely be really interested to hear his because I think he's he's a good example of 
exactly what I've just said. Someone who's stuck with what they what they love and the way that they like to do things and doesn't really go with what everyone else is doing. Probably he's probably quite perversely intentionally doesn't do what <laughs> but he's he's just such an amazing photographer. And yeah, I'm, I'd be interesting to hear interested to hear his. Yeah, Nick. Am I allowed to say someone you've already done? Is that no? That's fine. Uh, it's a good plug for for the next for the next one. I might even put him on after you. So uh, <laughs> tune in next week for Nick Tucker's interview. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Nick. <laughs> well, I'm saying sorry. I've just really bigged him up. <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah, you better be good. He didn't yeah. say you, by the way, at the end. Of no, his. he wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I am glad that we've spoken to you, Anna. And uh, thank you very much for sharing all your thoughts with us. Um, oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's been me. a pleasure Sorry. having you on. Yeah, it's been really nice to chat to you too. Thanks very much once again then to Anna Hardy to make sure you don't miss any more episodes. Remember to subscribe to Phototypes. And if you've enjoyed it so far, then please leave us a review and tell someone else about Phototypes. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at PhototypesPod. And we'd love to know where you're listening to Phototypes. So take out your phone right now and tweet us or tag us in an Instagram picture, just like Emmett Doyle did, and he listens on his commute to work. Phototypes is produced and presented by me, Matt Bowen. Our music is by Nick Bentley, Soft Piano and Songs for Cash. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.